five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. We're going to be talking about, uh, I hate to admit it, we're going to be talking about what to do in a recession today. And uh, before we do, let's jump off into an art, a commercial you probably haven't seen. Here it goes. Jumping through hoops. Please continue to hold. Please continue to hold. So then he finds a ladder. He finds another hoop, which I didn't like. Then he finds an app, which is tangerine. Uncomplicate your banking with tangerine. Now he's not going through the hoops anymore. Okay, so I don't know. Let's let's read about this thing, okay? Out of the day, Tangerine takes aim at bleak banks in Severance-style spot. Maybe I don't get it because I don't know what Severance, the movie Severance, is about. But this is from Amy Houston. Amy, I hope you can come to the to the, our meetup on Tuesday. Details at WDMA.org. I'll send you a, a special invitation, though. Um, so Tuesday, the 28th, we're having a, just a for-fun meetup. And um, I invited a few other, a, a few other business writers uh, to join us. And so let's see what happens. Anyway, there's a Canadian direct bank called Tangerine. So, you know, if you're not in Canada, now Steve Falk is in Canada. He might be back. So he might be able to give us some insight or or uh, David Foley is in Canada, so he might be able to. But I have never seen this commercial. But anyway, uh, in Jumping Through Hoops, viewers were seeing, <laughs> viewers see a worn out looking man. The director said, we look for the most tired looking man we could find. <laughs> what a deal. Now, the danger in this kind of commercial, you know, made famous by the by the. Uh, was it Burger King? Where's the beef? So these two little old ladies come to the counter and order burgers, and then they like open it up and there's a like like a a quarter size, not a quarter pounder, a U.S. minted quarter size hamburger patty inside there, and the lady says, "Where's the beef?" And it was all it just. Before the days of going viral, it was a social phenomenon where everybody said, where's the beef? And she had a very dour look. There's a good word for you to look up. Uh, she, it was like, where's the beef? <laughs> and so everybody, all the comedians on late night TV and everything started talking about, you know, whenever they, whenever they didn't see the answer or they were expecting or, you know, that it wasn't satisfying, they would say, where's the beef? And yet... Sales did not go up, okay? And this is the point of today's show. Sales did not go up. Sales went down, probably because people associated a very disappointing burger with the advertiser, which is what this is. Hi, Clayton. Good to see you today. Uh, and 
so you have to be really careful when you're going to put out a negative message, even if it's not really negative against any particular competitor, because what people take away is that your that you that your brand, in this case tangerine, is making people jump through hoops. That's what's going on in my head. Hoops, 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 and then I see tangerine. Okay, think about the pictures. Okay, there's there's no indication that tangerine is better, that it solves the problem. He's sitting on a hoop for heaven's sakes when he looks up tangerine. Okay, he has a smile on his face after that, but boy. Okay, so anyway, enough of that. Uh, David Foley chimed in. Tangerine is owned by Scotiabank. It has no branches, but operates as an online business. Recently dealing with them, reading my father's estate, Tangerine was very unresponsive. And that's the joke of it all, right? So now you get to with, now you get online, you know, customer centric. And they don't even have a phone number. You can't even find a phone number, right? Is that the way it is? You know, finally, like for LinkedIn, I kind of just posted stuff. Got a lot of likes. Actually, they responded to that. You know, people who want customer service now go on Twitter and complain about the company. That's what I would suggest, David. Get on Twitter and start tagging Scotiabank. Don't tag Tangerine. There's probably no one there. It's all AI-driven. Okay. So, anyway, Nicole Germain, chief marketing officer for Tangerine, said, "We at the, t- <laughs> the set design had to be totally bleak. You know, it's funny because when you look at the pharmacy ads, let's just look at the pharmacy ads. It's all flowers and bluebirds and happy meadows and people are holding hands and life is great. And they're reading the copy that says, you know, it may increase risk of suicide, or you may die from <laughs> other interactions, or or you may lose your mind, or lose everything you have. And but it's so happy, and everybody, and you know, escusia. Ask your doctor about escusia. Doesn't matter what's wrong with you; it'll make you feel happy. It's just the absolute opposite, and it shows you why pharmacies. Pharma, big pharma is so successful. Okay, so here's another funny one from Ellen Ormesher. Uh, Ellen, you're invited also. You can come. The drum, I've never really actually talked to anybody from the drum that I can remember, um, but I really do like it. Your, your paywall is getting better, although I'm still able to get in and, and look at the articles. A majority of Americans can't name a single sustainable brand. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah. So let's put that in your advertising. That let's 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 rest your brand on climate change. Okay? And never mind it snowed last night, so I couldn't ride my motorcycle. Um fifty seven percent of US consumers couldn't spontaneously identify any brand or company making a positive difference in any of three key areas, environment, diversity, and inclusion. Okay, but let's make that our brand identity. Where's Tom Fishburne on this one? He could make some great great cartoons about this, and maybe he will. Maybe that'll be you. Sometimes what I talk about turns up in, in uh, Market Tunist. It's pretty funny. Okay, and he did write me back this week, which I really appreciate, just the encouragement of it. 
Okay, and uh, only certain demographics were engaged with the topic at all. And basically, you had to be making more than 125000 a year and probably worked in an ad agency. <laughs> anyway, so why? Why is that? Experts say, and uh, Deep D, and I'm not going to try and get that one. I'm sure it's phonetically easy. Um Executive Strategy Director Iris North America said, because consumers have wised up, you can fool some of the people some of the time, you can fool all the people some of the time, and some of the people all the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time. I think that was Abraham Lincoln. They are rel- they're easily identifying messages and commitments that are relatively superficial or performative. I love that. That's a great word. Moreover, the number of sustainability-based messaging, the number of sustainability-based messaging, I don't think that's grammatically correct, has increased to the point of invisibility. Right. You know, I remember, I remember in the middle of Black Lives Matter in the debate about that. I think it was Shaquille O'Neal decided to to work in his own neighborhood in his own city you know there was a he lived out not in the the bad neighborhood but you know there was a a a, a poor side of town there is in almost every town you know in my little town you know there's the down by the railroad tracks kind of kind of place and uh and so i remember that he rolled up his sleeves and actually got it done and uh, th- that's the kind of message, you know, do something in your town. You know, saving the world, plastic straws or whatever the heck it is. Or, you know, as one article mentioned, uh, vegetable-based inks. <laughs> you know, it's all carbon, whether it comes from uh, whether it comes from an oil well or it comes from a... a, a uh, a grease trap in a restaurant it's still carbon you know and it still takes some work to get it into something usable but uh she adds misleading green claims in specific sectors have been identified by governing bodies which contributes to the increasing lack of consumer trust so to ensure that the good players aren't drowned out camille camilla yates Strategy director at Elvis advises brands need to ensure that they never compromise creativity for better world thinking. I have no idea what that is. It's a long sentence. One of the things I noticed here was a lot of long sentences. If your ESG projects are making a significant difference, then that's a message worth investing in. Not just to get your name on the roster of big ESG spenders. Wasn't that what Sand Valley or uh, Silicon Valley Bank was big on ESG spending? I think it was. You got to be careful with this stuff, okay? But anyway, it turns out that Americans who make over 125,000 a year are much more likely to remember at least one brand <laughs> supporting a cause. And the funny part was, and and Ben Essen rightly points out. Only 40% of the population is interested in sustainability. As I said the other day, the the way that we get the world on track fighting pollution is to help 
the poorest get above the threshold of survival. And then they care about the air and water and their neighborhood and other things. I'm not a fan of, of Maslow, but I am a, but it's clear as the bell that good things happen when a company or a country gets a bit more prosperous. Okay? But so marketers, so only 40% is interested in the message at all. So marketers target that 40%. The other 60 aren't listening and aren't even being talked to. Brilliant. Okay. Gen Z are less engaged <laughs> with sustainable brands than marketers might assume. Uh, they proved more skeptical of the idea that companies have a responsibility to care about the environment. Good point. You know, maybe companies are responsible to their customers to picking up the phone to helping with customer service, right? To making a good product that doesn't need so much. And then it was funny. Malcolm Poynton said, unless you're Patagonia. And it was funny because the first thing that came to mind, I thought, well, can I d name a, a sustainable brand? And the first thing that came to mind was Patagonia. No, it was REI, <laughs> which is a competitor. <laughs> and I thought, and it isn't, I didn't even get it right. I got the wrong one. Um, but uh, Yvonne... Chunyard, I think it is, uh, said years ago, you know, don't buy our stuff. Go buy a wool shirt at, at Goodwill. <laughs> I remembered that part. Took me a while to find him and to find the Goodwill quote. But, um, you know, unless you're really, unless you're willing to even diss your own brand in the name of your own sustainability, you're probably not going to stand out. Okay, so maybe... My own advice to most of my clients was make good stuff, get it there as fast as you can. Good value, good stuff. Deliver what you what you sell. You'd be pretty pretty much okay, okay in the recession. Now, this was an article by Joy Jendusa that I've covered before, so we're not going to take a lot of time. She was um, in the 2008 she was advised to cut back everything. And so she did. And um, all of a sudden there were no leads. Not only were there, well, her main customers were real estate. And so she, you know, all of a sudden the real estate bubble burst and the real estate went to nothing. It was very bad. And so her advisor said, you got to cut. And so she decided that that was okay. We'll do that. And, and then she regretted it. Um, and then she went back on it and decided that she had to she had to go back to her pre-crash levels. And so this is an article about her experiences and her experiences through the pandemic and just an excellent article. But since I've covered it already, I'll include it in the show notes, which are available at WDMA.org. You go there, you you uh, you click on join, I think, and uh, you it's you subscribe. It's free uh, or you just type WDMA dot org slash j-o-i-n and become a subs a subscriber which is free and then go into the user to the user um thing there the user members only here's an article from forbes pretty much the opposite point of view on sustainability oh there's plenty of opposite view everybody says if you talk about sustainability duck soup man you'll just everybody that's all they care about especially Forbes. 
Okay, that's why I brought up the other article. We don't swim upstream here. I mean, we don't swim. We don't go with the flow. We swim against the tide, which is hard. <laughs> Direct marketing strategy during a recession. This is from Patrick Carroll, and um, you know, Patrick has joined the word salad in a lot of ways in this article. But he says, you know, compared to other slumps, today's economic position may not be so grim. Unemployment rates are at historic low. Consumers are still spending. And 75% of recessions end with, within a year. We went through the history of recessions. I've been through seven recessions now. And uh, sometimes, sometimes more traditional marketing channels win in recessions. So there's only been a couple uh, since the Internet even started that I've been through. Um, so one thing you can do is reassess your goals, reevaluate your KPIs. Consider shifting from sales rate to brand awareness. Now, see, this is the opposite of what most people advise. Brand awareness is like top of funnel. You know, it sounds like, well, don't worry about selling anything. Just get people aware of your company. For existing companies, com customers go all in on customer retention and loyalty campaigns. But don't just beat them to death with email. Okay, this is the part I liked about it. I really like this part. Spend on incremental growth. The tricky part is how do you know, right? And for my money, holdout tests are about the only good thing. And the problem with most digital channels is, let's just... Let's get away from digital for a second. Let's talk about outdoor. Let's talk about the baseball diamond in your town, right, that has a Coca-Cola sign on it, okay? Coca-Cola, somebody went and hit up Coca-Cola and said, could you help us with our little league park and chip in a 1000 bucks to put up a Coca-Cola sign on the, on the uh, home run wall? Coca-Cola says, sure. Okay, so what's the incremental benefit of that sign? None. Not that you can measure. It's not measurable. Will somebody buy a little more Coke instead of Pepsi? Maybe. Can you tell? No. Okay, and as much as I've attacked the direct marketing definition over the years, where it says basically generate a measurable response, I now understand that what they were getting at was that a lot of the testing or a lot of the advertising doesn't generate anything that could be measured okay it isn't that you 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 just measure a bull that you could measure but you don't it's also that a lot of a lot of advertising is not incrementally is not incrementally verifiable okay now one of the good things about mail is that it generally is okay in the old days when that was our main media every time we would drop catalogs we would see a sales bump you know, David Weirdsma at Everything to Go told me that even in his, he started as a digital only, uh, B2B. And he said when he started to mail, he started seeing a sales bump in spite of the fact that he had started mainly exclusively as a digital advertiser. Okay. So there are ways to, to advertise in ways that have, that have measurable incremental benefit. And that's where you want to look in times of recession. If you want to read the rest of the article, just go to WDMA.org and subscribe. There's also a little button for the webinar to reserve your spot. One of these days, the last one we had, or the last uh, Zoom call we had, we had so many people, I didn't know what to do. So we may start limiting the number of tickets. Okay, so make sure you get in on it before I start getting crazy.
and I'll probably send out another email today uh, because I haven't in, since Friday. <laughs> Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart.